Hello, Sac State students. My name is Robbie Pierce, your podcast editor, and this week on the State Hornet podcast, we are going to do something a little bit different. Rather than have Max and Maddie with me, we are going to go straight into a one-on-one with State Hornet co-news editor Mercy Sosa to talk about our election coverage as, you know, it's November 2nd. If you're listening to this podcast today, it comes out. What else are we supposed to talk about? But after that, we're going to have Sarah Nevis and Khalil Burkoub on to talk about some big stories from sports and A&E. So without further ado, let's hear from Mercy. All right, and with me here now is our co-news editor, Mercy Sosa, who has been involved in a lot of the election coverage the State Horn has been doing. So Mercy, could you tell me about some of those things, please? Yes, Robbie. So with the election coming up, we launched a package on our website that serves as a voter guide with informational videos on propositions and measures that specifically affect state students, such as Measure A, uh, we include an interview with Mayor Daryl Steinberg and Councilor-elect Katie Valenzuela. We also provide information regarding how to vote in California and where to vote. Our staff will be providing coverage on the Vote Center at Sac State. It is in Murak Hall, so stay on the lookout for that. We also want to hear from Sac State students on their feelings on the election, whether or not if Donald Trump wins the presidency again, or if Joe Biden wins the presidency. We would like to hear your thoughts, so please DM the State Hornet Twitter or Instagram account. Please reach out to us. We've also got an an email address that you can send to, and I'll, I'll have all those links in the show notes for any students who are interested listening to this podcast after the election. Thank you for coming on, Mercy, and links to our election landing page and all the election coverage we just discussed will be available in the show notes down below. All right, and then joining us now is Sarah Nevis, our multimedia editor here at the State Hornet. And so, Sarah, you did a pretty fun video package for the track team's Halloween costume contest. What was what was that like? That was actually pretty cool. I actually originally went out there just to take photos of it and do a photo essay, but mm-hmm. it was just too fun. I had to do a video <laughs> to show their personality because they all got into their costumes. So each section, like the sprinters, the long distance, the jumpers, the throwers, they all coordinated as a team, as a section, what they were gonna dress like. And like I said, they got into their characters. It was hilarious. So I had to show everyone with a video so you could actually hear them and just see them in their uniqueness. (laughs) What what was, uh, which team had your favorite costume? Oh my goodness. Um, that's tough. Like I love the men's sprinters cause they were eighties aerobics teams and it was pretty <laughs> hilarious, but also the, uh, the women long, uh, long distance. Yeah. It was a women long distance. They were, um, TV celebrities. So that was, that was pretty funny. Um, but the Cheetah Girls, they—I mean—they got first place. They were pretty animated too. So they—they they all had, the, and then the idea of the throwers—they had everyday heroes versus superheroes. Like one of the guys was a Domino's mm. delivery guy, <laughs> yeah. right? Like that's hilarious. It was—it was pretty funny. So you also helped edit a video about how they are returning to in-person practice for the first time since March, right? Mm-hmm. So what's up with that situation? So they are still in a, in a sense, meeting in pods. So it's the sections that are meeting together. So the throwers are all getting together as a group. The jumpers are getting together as a group. So that was what was actually really cool about the Halloween costume contest. This was the first time the track team 
the track and field team as a whole came together. So they've been, like I said, they've been getting together in person in sections, but this was the first time they actually all got together. And, and it was actually the first time some of them got to meet each other in person. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I did track in high school. And I remember that's, that's pretty much how we practice was in pods like that. But like you said, there was still that time for after the meet or, you know, the, the day before the meet where everybody can meet as a big unit. So it's good. They were able to do that. Yeah. It was fun seeing them interact with each other and, play off each other's energy. Um, so that was pretty cool. Cause I know same, I, I played sports my whole life. So that was always the thing I loved. I love being with my team. And you could see that with, especially in the sections, how tight they are. And yeah, so it was nice. For sure. I, I always, I always like reading about the track team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else you wanted to add in about the Halloween costume contest or their return to practice or anything? It was actually pretty cool seeing the the coaches too, what they came up with. Oh, the coaches got into it. Yeah, all the coaches wore costumes and even some of their significant others showed up and they were in costume too. Like one of the coaches was a hot dog and his wife was the bun. Like, <laughs> it is hilarious. Um, one of the coaches was uh, Batman and then there was, I think she was Wonder Woman, if I'm not mistaken. The director of track and field was a foot doctor. <laughs> like yeah it was it was it was funny it was definitely interesting again to see everybody's personalities come through so that was awesome mm-hmm. yeah um b- both the video packages we're talking about will be in the show notes of this podcast so yeah thank you for coming on sarah oh thanks thank you for having me and joining me now is khalil borgoob and khalil you recently reported on baobab's performance at tailored mind right yeah, um, it was uh, an open mic night called uh, Open Mind Night. There were a couple of performers before Baobab, but uh, Baobab was the, like the I'd say the headlining performance of the night. Mm-hmm. And so, now in the story, you wrote a little bit about the atmosphere of the place. So, just what was what was your impression like walking in? Um, walking in, or I guess my impression was um, that it was a it was definitely a really interesting spot to visit because I had never been there before, but I've heard about it. And um, the person who runs it, um, Taylor Pinnell, it has uh, has set up basically an art gallery inside of her studio apartment. And when you walk down like the main hallway, the, there is like a one big room where there is like a stage where the uh, performers play. And um, so it was. It was very. It was very intimate. It was. Um, it was pretty small. A little packed. That was like, I guess the one concern. Uh, she does have like restrictions on how many people she could even invite to the event, and so on and so forth. So there were like safety precautions. It was a really interesting and uh, positive experience all around. The art gallery was is really cool because she always uh, rotates a new artist in every month. So there's always fresh mm-hmm. new art on the walls. And uh, and overall, it was just, um, it was really cool. It was very intimate and it was a fun fun show to experience. So do you know, um, how do you get on the invite list if you wanted to attend one of the Open Mind Nights? So she posts on her social media. Um, sometimes she, uh, she sells tickets to them. Um, but she also has a way if you contact her and uh, ask her about performing, she is very open to just pretty much anyone who wants to perform at her uh, 
at her venues. The reason that I got in was because uh, I believe Nigel uh, talked to her about getting a reporter in there to cover her studio, cover the night, and um, and that's that's how I got in. Yeah. Mm, meaning uh, Nigel is in Nigel Dobson oh, Arts and her team yeah. editor, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just just for the audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. And then real quick before we go, just to recap a couple of the non-presidential election-related stories, Associate Students, Inc., in their most recent board meeting, announced the schedule for their 2021-2022 to election. Candidates can submit letters of intent and official statements from January 25th to March 5th of next year, and they can begin campaigning on March 18th. The election itself will be voted on April 7th and April 8th of next year. During the same meeting... The ASI Board of Directors passed a formal resolution in support of Proposition 16, Proposition 16 being the one that would repeal the ban on affirmative action and allow institutions to voluntarily put affirmative action in place for their admissions or hiring procedures. And in other news, a former resident made a bomb threat against the crossings last week, the off-campus student housing complex. Michelle Fernand, the crossings general manager, stated that no threat was found, and public information officer for Sacramento Police Department Carl Chan said that a search was conducted with K-9 units and no suspicious devices were found. So that's going to pretty much wrap things up for this week. If you are listening to this before the election, please go out and vote, and no matter when you're listening to this, please stay safe, and thank you for listening.